little opportunity to grab notes. We are in Revelation chapter 2, verse 18 is where we're starting tonight. I encourage you to get out a Bible so that you can be referencing the verses as we go through them. Because uh, once I leave the verse, I'm not going to click back to the verse. I'm going to be talking tonight about pursuing relationship with Jesus and forsaking sexual immorality. We're starting in Revelation 2.18. We're going through verse 29. I thought I changed that. It's not 31. There is no 31 verses in Revelation chapter 2. Jesus' outline of Revelation is really simple, and this is the outline that I'm following it's right what was seen and that's jesus glorified that's revelation chapter one right what is the seven churches revelations two through three right what will be jesus's judgments in the seven seals trumpets and bowls that's uh, just a general outline for revelation um, and what's going on here tonight we are in revelation 2 18 we are writing what is the churches and and uh, this is the letter to the church of Thyatira. So let's see what God, Jesus, the Spirit of has to say. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, the words of the Son of God, who has eyes a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. Thyatira is the modern city of Akisha in modern-day Turkey today. There's very little known about Thyatira. We do know that the local god it was Tyremoth, identified with the Greek gods, the sun, sun gods of Helios and Apollo. So perhaps Jesus' description is proving that he is better than Tyremoth, right? He has eyes flame as fire, and his feet are the color of Burning, burnished bronze or gleaming and shining in the light, right? So possibly he's brighter and he's better than this Greek god of Thyatira. Better than Helios, better than Apollo. He's the best, right? Jesus is the best. And when uh, writers do this, uh, scholars call this a polemic. So there's a, a, a vocabulary word for you, polemic. It's saying that Jesus is better. It's making an argument against God's or false information, and they write a polemic, okay? So this is a polemic against the god Tyremoth. Whose words? The words of who? The son of God, right? It says there, the son of God. What's this phrase? Son of God come from? Well, it calls us back to Daniel chapter 3. Now, kids, I know you know this story. It has three guys in it, and one is like well, four guys in it. One is like the son of man or the son of God, right? And so what are the guys' names? It starts Shad, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed we go. No, it's Abednego. Yeah, 
Yeah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if you use their Hebrew names, I'm not, uh, it was Azariah, Michelle, and I can't remember. Oh, well. But remember what happened? Anybody know the story? Remember the story? They were like, when you hail the gong and the cymbals and the trumpets and the lyres and the flutes, everybody must what? bow down and worship the image which was created, right? Of Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar, probably Nebuchadnezzar, yeah, Nebuchadnezzar, right? Did they bow down and worship? McKenna, did they bow down and worship? No, they didn't bow down and worship. They said, no, we won't bow down and worship. And he's like, are you sure? Let's try it again. They said, no, we won't bow down and worship. And he's like, make it hot, because they won't worship. Make it so hot. And you know what? They threw him in the fire, didn't they? And the guys who threw him in the fire, they died. But who was in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Jesus was in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Son of God, because he says, how many people did we throw in? (laughs) I thought we threw three, and I see four, and one of them is like the son of God, or the son of the gods. Ba'alahim, he says in Hebrew. You see? And so Jesus protected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, didn't he? And do you think maybe he had feet like burnished bronze while he was walking around in that fire? And maybe eyes like a flame of fire? I think he probably maybe did. Right? He definitely is described that way in Daniel chapter 10, verse 6. And in verse 18 of that chapter, he touches Daniel and gives him strength. So we have this idea that Jesus protects the faithful in the fire. And the fire is a symbol for trial. Right? Then we have this other idea in Psalms 2 of Jesus, the Son of God, is Jesus claims to be Messiah. He's the anointed one, God's anointed one, the Son of God, the Messiah. So Jesus' appearance is Yahweh embodied. God became flesh. He dwelt among us. His eyes like a flame of fire. When we think of Daniel 10, 6, 6, 16, and 18, When we see that Christ, his eyes like the flame of fire, he sees all. He sees your pain. He knows it. He sees your sin. He knows it. And feet like burnished bronze, and that's another reference from Daniel chapter 6, and and, and in that context of him, this image strengthening Daniel, Christ is strong to bring justice to what he sees. He's strong to bring justice to what he sees. He sees. How many of you want justice in your life? How many want the things that have been made wrong, made right? Christ is strong to bring that into your life. So his appearance has a twofold meaning. One, one, it reminds us, it reminds us the faithful that Jesus knows and sees and is able to act with strength on their behalf. Okay? That Jesus is strong, and he knows you, he sees you, and he's acting on your behalf. You are his workmanship, God's workmanship, created for good works, which he's prepared beforehand for you to walk in, right? 
And two, which is the other side of that coin, is two, it reminds us that Jesus knows all the deeds of the unfaithful. He knows all the deeds of the sinners. He knows all the deeds of the lost. He knows them all and is strong to act in judgment of their deeds. And Revelation 4, really, or 5, through the end of the book, is all about Jesus acting and seeing and acting in judgment of the deeds of the lost. Who are we? Who are we if we confess Jesus as Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead? We are the faithful, known and protected by Jesus. Who are we? We are the faithful. We are known and protected by Jesus. If you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you are saved. You are the faithful. Revelation 2.19 says, I know, Jesus says, I know your works. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. You're not even only having good works, but you're not, you're not going into stillness. You are growing in your works. You're growing in your relationship with Jesus. So here we have Jesus' commendation, his approval, his all righty then, good job. Okay? First. He knows your works, your display of relationship. That's what works are, though the works that he has prepared for us, for us to walk in them. We are his workmanship, right? And our works display, they, they reflect our relationship with Jesus. So first off is he knows your love. He knows your love. And if we think back, I don't know, it's been about four weeks ago now that we had a whole sermon on forced love. Remember that sermon, kind of? And we went through like, I don't know, I think there were seven uses of love. But we need to remember that we receive and give God's love. And it starts with God. It starts with him loving us and us receiving that love. And then once we receive that love, we are able to give that love out to others. Remember 1 John 4, 19? We love because he first loved us. The other work is their faith. Their faith. Their faith is, uh, is confession. Their faith is belief. We've confessed Jesus is Lord in every aspect of our lives. We confess that, yes, you are Lord here. You are Lord there. You are Lord of everything. You are my boss. I confess that. That is part of my faith. We believe 
This is also essential. Uh, faith is the noun. Belief is the verb. It's the action. We believe in the effectiveness of the cross. We believe that the cross did what, he got, what it said it did, that our sins are forgiven past, present, and future, that we are free indeed. And we believe in the power of the resurrection, that the cross is validated, that Christ did rise from the dead, and he is seated at the right hand of God, and he is interceding for you and for me, and it is a beautiful thing. We believe in the power of the resurrection. And we don't just believe this in, in far out abstract homes, but we believe it when we get up in the morning and we brush our teeth. We believe it in the daily grind of life. We believe. Romans 10, 8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in Jesus will not be put to shame. Do you believe? If you believe, amen. If you don't, today is your day. Today is that opportunity to say, yes, I believe. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead. Call on him and find salvation. Verse 12, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Your faith, your service, your service, your dikonai, your, your, your works of service for Jesus. We serve with the gifts he has given us for the kingdom. We serve with the gifts he has given us for the kingdom. Paul says in Ephesians 3, 7 of this gospel, I was made a servant or a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power, by given to me by his Holy Spirit, the working of his power in my life. But grace... The gift, the grace, was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Do you know your gifts? Do you know what they are? Are you using them in the church and in your house and in the community? Because he gave the apostles. He gave the prophets. He gave the evangelists. He gave the shepherds. He gave the teachers. He did, gave all of these different gifts. And there's more than just those. Those are examples. But he's given many gifts to equip the saints for the work of ministry. The work of service. For the building up of the body of Christ. Why? So we can attain the unity of faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to measure of stature in, of the fullness of Christ. So that we may no longer be 
children tossed to and fro by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, craftiness, and deceitful schemes. He wants us to be full and mature in our service, but he commends them for his making them full. Then lastly, he says, your patient endurance. I know your patient endurance. Oh, trials are hard. Trials are especially hard when we choose to be patient in endurance. So how do we pray be this? In trial, we patiently endure by fixing our eyes on Jesus, relying on the Holy Spirit's transformation, transforming power in our lives. We fix our eyes on Jesus. We don't look at the trial. We look at Jesus knowing that he's working in the trial. We look to the Holy Spirit. We rely on his power, his fruit, to be manifested in us, Romans uh, Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we have been surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. In Galatians 5, 22 through 25, says, But the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we walk by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the We rely on his power. It's a fruit. Patience is a fruit. It's not something we must feel. It's something that we have when we look to Jesus and lean on the Spirit. Look to Jesus and lean on the Spirit. Then we have patience in the situation. Because a lot of times we are impatient because we lack or want control, right? And if we are looking to Jesus and relying on the Spirit, who has control? Who has control if we're looking to Jesus? Jesus has control. The Spirit of God has control, not us. Revelation 2.20. Revelation 2.20. But I have this against you. You tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. So here we have Jesus' rebuke. I have this against you. You tolerate 
you tolerate. This is tough. We live in a society that encourages toleration of sin. Right? We live in a society that encourages toleration of sin. And we know that things are caught more than they are taught. Meaning, I'm going to catch up and end up assimilating things of my culture and I don't even realize it. So we need to ask ourselves, how has this idea of toleration crept into my own life? Do I tolerate sin in my life? Am I making excuses for it in my own life? Because Jesus does not like us to tolerate sin. And they are tolerating this woman, Jezebel. Who is this woman, Jezebel? Well, is the woman's name actually Jezebel? Maybe. Probably not. Or is it her nickname? To bring in an Old Testament reference. It could be both. However, Jezebel is not a very popular name. So I think it's a nickname. And if it's a nickname that John and Jesus have given this prophetess, so-called prophetess, to bring in the Jezebel of the Old Testament, what is that? Well, we got to go to 1 Kings to discover that, right? 1 Kings 16.31 says, And it had been, been a light thing for him who walked in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. He took for his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbal, king of the Sidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. Okay, well, what's, that's not too bad. He just took her as his wife, but then the results or the conclusion was he went and served the Baal and worshipped him. Well, it gets worse. There was no one who sold himself to do what was evil in the sight of the Lord like Ahab. Ahab is the guy that was taking Jezebel as his wife. He was the worst of the worst, is what this is saying, whom Jezebel, his wife, incited. Right? He acted very abominably in going after idols as the Amorites had done, whom the Lord cast out before the people of Israel. So Jezebel was inciting Ahab to sin and to worship other gods and to have improper relationships. We see the Jezebel in Revelation doing the same thing. So John has given her this nickname. For she claims to be a prophetess. There's nothing wrong with prophetess. There were many women prophetess in Acts, and, we, and they speak the word of the Lord, but this one claims it, but does not speak the word of the Lord, but speaks seducing talk to deceive and to lead astray Jesus' servants. And she wants to lead them astray to sexual immorality. It's the participation in sexual activity outside the bonds of marriage. That's what sexual immorality is. It's the word por uh, Porne, the word we get pornography from in all language. So he, what does Paul have to say about this in 1 Corinthians 6, 18? He says, flee from 
sexual immorality. Church, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but sexual immoral persons sin against their own bodies. Or do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You have been bought with a price, so we must glorify God in our body. We must say glory to God, and you are enough. I will pursue you, Jesus, in relationship, and I will forsake other things that want to make and fulfill what I think this relationship is. We must glorify God. Secondly, she was enticing them to eat meat sacrificed to idols, i.e. to commune with demons. I know we're not communing with demons. Thank God. We don't have that temptation in our lives in the same way they do. 1 Corinthians 10, 20-21 says, No, I imply that the pagan sacrifices they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participating with demons. You cannot drink with the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. We come to Revelation 2.21. Jesus has a message, an opportunity, a possibility for redemption. And he's speaking to everybody here. He says, I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. She refuses to repent of her sin. Jesus offers everyone here the work of repentance. Will we walk in repentance, turning from sin and turning to Jesus? This is what he calls every single one of us to, a walk in relationship with him, in repentance. And he loves it when we repent. <laughs> Luke 15, 7 says, just so, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. He's happy when you repent. He wants you to repent. Repent is turning from sin and turning to God. But what does she do? She refuses Jesus. She refuses to repent. He's refused. I encourage you, don't refuse him. May we may not be those who refuse Jesus. May we not be those who refuse Jesus. He's offered every single one of us repentance. May we not refuse him. Revelation 2.22 says, Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of their works. Jesus' judgment is declared He's going to throw her into severe illness, death. He's going to throw her followers into great affliction unless they what? 
church. Repent. Will we walk in repentance? I pray that we will. We must walk in repentance in relationship with our Lord. We must do the work of repentance. I am wrong. You are right. I am changing. Change me, O oh God. For those who do not, Revelation 2.23 says, I will strike our children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches the mind and the heart and will give each of you who does not repent according to your works. We need to do the works of repentance. We need to take sin seriously in our lives. It's insidious. And he calls each of us to relationship with him. So those who do not repent will be struck dead. They'll be killed. Why? So we, the church, know that Jesus takes unrepented sin seriously. For he has eyes of fire and boots of bronze, feet of bronze. He knows, he sees, and he's strong to act. Will you be the faithful or will you be the liar? If you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are the faithful, and he is acting on your behalf. Revelation 2, 24 to 25, but to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold this teaching, who have who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden, but only hold fast that you have until I come. So what are we to focus on? If we are the faithful, we are to focus on Jesus, right? Our relationship with Jesus, our love, our faith, our service, our patient endurance. Hold fast to that. Focus on that. Walk in repentance when we make a mistake. So Jesus' assurance to the faithful is to hold fast until he comes. Hold fast to the things which he's committed to them. What is meant by the deep things of Satan? Well, we're going to discuss that on Wednesday night. That'll be one of the things because I don't have time to do that this evening the one who conquers, he says, who keeps my works until the end. That him I will give authority over the nations. And we conquer, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. And the earthen pots are bro broken to pieces, even as myself have received authority from my father. So we are more than conquerors in God's love, right? The one who conquers, we conquer in God's love. And we know that from Revel Romans 8.37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him. Who loved us. The gift of authority over the nations and the breaking of pots and all that stuff, we're going to discuss on Wednesday night. And Revelation 2.28 says, and I will give him the morning star. Guess what? We're going to talk about that on Wednesday night. So, so he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. Hear Jesus' voice spoken. By the Spirit. Do you hear? Are you responding to what he has to say? Hold fast. 
in Jesus. And keep walking in repentance. Hold fast to those works, your love, your faith, your service, your patient endurance. Do that in relationship with him. For you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he has prepared for you to walk in. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are faithful and that you use your eyes of knowing and your feet of bronze of strength to act in protection on our behalf of the faithful. We thank you that you are just and that you use your eyes in seeking out wrong and bringing and your strength to bring justice. We praise you for that and we praise you that Revelation 5 through 21 is that scene of you bringing justice to the world. And we pray that we would pursue you and that we would walk in repentance in our lives. And that we would find grace and faith in you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.